Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Austin's Audit Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gerke, and this is the Austin's Audit Podcast, and this is Recap Monday. Now, for those that are new to the show, since now we have football in full swing, both college and pro, kind of have to split them both up into one because I could fill the entire day with college football and the hit, you know, the craziness that happened that weekend. In fact, there was more craziness on Saturday than there was on Sunday. In fact, if you look at Sunday's games, and I'm going to spend a ton of it on the NFL today because it's the NFL. Let's be real. College is cute. It did its thing. And I'll get to all that tomorrow. I'll get to Texas's upset over Alabama and what it honestly means. I'll get to USC taking care of business against Stanford. Dion moving to 2-0 with the Colorado Buffaloes. Even though I said on Friday they should have won by more than what that line gave. And they ended up doing it. But, you know, that's why I split them up into two days. Because, yeah, I could spend all day talking about how Alabama, if you lose, and I'll, this is kind of a preview for tomorrow, but if Alabama loses to Mississippi State or Tennessee or LSU or Auburn, the national championship hope is gone now. Does it mean Texas is back? No, but it shows that they're almost there. So, that's my thoughts as far as Texas and Alabama. I'll go into in-depth on the game, what I saw a little bit of. And hopefully, that'll wake Alabama up a little bit. Because I still have them as the national title pick. But they're slowing down immensely. I'm not touching the Mel Tucker thing. There's plenty of media sites that are doing this. Plenty of sports media sites that are touching Mel Tucker's situation. He's out at Michigan State or temporarily suspended. I wouldn't be surprised if <coughs> after the investigation where the dude willingly admitted that he was masturbating on the phone with this chick for 40 minutes or 36 minutes. When the dude willingly admits that, you're stupid. You basically set yourself up for it. And that's what happened to Mel Tucker. Okay? That's it. That's really it. But I'll get to more into that tomorrow. But today, it's the NFL action. Today, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys the picks or the pick for tonight. Of course, if you followed the show throughout the summer, you know my feelings on the Jets. This is a major, major hype machine that is going to blow up in New York pretty badly. It blew up last night. With the Giants. People were saying, oh, the Giants are there, the Giants are there, they're close. You have three turnovers. Dak doesn't even have to throw a touchdown. I don't believe he did last night. I'm going to double check the stats on that game. But I don't think Dak threw a touchdown in that first quarter, and he already had a 16-0 lead. So, I'm telling you, hype is not hope. Jet fans, let that, what you saw last night with the Giants, be a surprise to you. 
because that might happen tonight too. I'm not saying it's going to be 42 to nothing. I think it'll be a lot closer than advertised. Just to be off, I think I chose 42 as the combined number. I'll go here, let's see, 28. I'll go 30, let's see, 30, 19, no, that's 49. Back it up seven. Eh, you know what, be a little closer. It may not be the exact combined total that I put in my little pick'em contest, but ooh, I'll go 30 to 21. It may be off, but 30-21, Bills over the Jets. Expect Josh Allen to have a huge day. I know I said it about Mahomes on Thursday night, but this is the showcase for Josh Allen to be MVP. I do believe it'll be his turn to be MVP. You could go back to the season preview show. Easy peasy, 300, 300 yards. Stephon Diggs will have his couple touchdowns. Everything will be good. Buffalo might not run the ball at all. Expect their yardage to be under 100, but as far as running the ball. But it'll be 30 to 21 easy. Aaron Rodgers will have a touchdown. Uh, the Jets defense to me, yes, you're talented, but watch what happens when you have to play a real team. I, I just don't buy the Jets. This is the Jets. It's just like the Bengals. I was hyping up the Bengals all summer. You know, Joe Burrow's the guy. He's the guy in that North Division. Yet, they couldn't even get a touchdown last yesterday against the Browns. They didn't get one touchdown yesterday against the Browns. And yet, yeah, let's just go to these games really quickly just to refresh again as to what it is. Ravens beating the Texans, C.J. Stroud struggling. That's not a surprise to me at all. Uh, the Bengals and the Browns, again, not one touchdown from the Bengals. The Browns figured out how to shut them down. Jim Schwartz making his retread appearance as a D coordinator made that defense really talented. I don't think Cleveland's going to be that good going forward, but eh, whatever happens. I'm going to save the best for last with the Bucks and the Vikings because you know what, Baker? You turned a lot. You, I'm still not sold that you can do that consistently. And for that first quarter, it didn't look pretty at all. Three for 11 until that two-minute warning. And then the deep ball to Mike. You know, deep ball to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin seals the deal. 21 of 34 or something like that he finished up with. Not really cracking 200 yards, two touchdowns, but the key, no picks for Baker Mayfield. And as long as he does that, and as long as the Bucks, by the way, I said it in the season preview show, and I'm going to say it again. For my Buccaneer fans out there in the Tampa area, if the Bucs just score 20 points, just like they did a year ago, if they score 20 points, that defense looks fine to me. Three turnovers caused against Kirk Cousins. Two fumbles, or really two interceptions, and one fumble. Not bad. Or two fumbles, one interception. Whatever the order was. Two fumbles, one pick. That defense shows out. 
And as long as the offense controls what they did in that third quarter, where they limited it to where each team only had one possession each in that quarter, then yeah, the Bucks will win these games. It won't be shootout games like they were when Brady was there. But if you can get 20 points, 20 or more points every game, if if the Bucks can average 20 points in a game for the rest of this year, now you have the Bears. And by the way, Bear fans, did you really think you were going to beat the Packers? Did you really? Justin Fields still had his rushing yards. And cool, congratulations. I can go into those stats for days. In fact, you know what? I'm going to do this just for fun here. Let's go to that game. But going to the Finishing up with my point on the Bucks and the Vikings, if the Bucks just get 20 points and Baker does not turn the ball over, the Buccaneers will win the NFC South if they play like that. Because again, I know the Saints have a solid defense, but in Derek Carr's debut, didn't look that good. Barely got 12 point or barely got 19 points out of it. Let's see. No, it was 16 points. 16-15, Derek Carr didn't look that great in his debut, but he, again, did enough. Look at the box score again. Go into Derek Carr's numbers. 23 of 33, 265. Average throw per attempt was 9.2. All right. That's okay. It's a lot better than Baker did. He did get sacked four times, though. One touchdown, one interception with a QBR of 62.6 and a rating of 96.1. So, in reality, that means Derek Carr was average. The running game, if you look at the rush yards, Jamal Williams, 18 carries, 45 yards, average 2.5 yards carry. So the running game, not completely there. So the Saints have the same issue that the Bucks have. But they have the defense to match. So that's going to be a fun matchup when we get to week four. But that's my thought on the Saints. Again, same situation, same story, different day. As far as the Niners and the Steelers, I know I'm, ju I'm jumping the Falcons and the Panthers. But honestly, Desmond Ritter, same situation as Derek Carr. Not that impressive, but did a little more than Bryce Young. Tyler Algier gets two touchdowns. Falcons, cool, congratulations, deja vu all over again. Basically, the, whoever plays well inside the division in the NFC South will win that division because otherwise, based off of what I've seen so far, this is probably going to be the shit divided again like it was in 2022 where basically no team had a winning record. Or if they do have a winning record, it'll be 9-8. That's why I made the prediction the way it was. Because based off what I've seen, a lot of these offenses were average or they have, in the case of Carolina, a very rookie quarterback. You know, the number one pick in the NFL draft. But otherwise, <clears throat> let's just jump through. Again, Jags-Colts, no surprise there with the Jags. They're going to be the runaway in the AFC South. No surprise there with the Niners and the Steelers. Right now, okay, I'm going to play the overreaction game just for now, okay? If you go based off what you saw yesterday, the Steelers and Niners will be playing, or not the Steelers, 
the Niners and the Cowboys will be playing the playing in the NFC title game because those were the best two teams the whole day. They really were. Because if you look at the afternoon window, okay, you know, Commanders beat the Cardinals. Again, no surprise, but the Commanders will fall off after that. Still not sold on Sam Howell. Not that impressive. Dolphins Chargers, again, stick to the narrative. If Tua stays healthy... And nobody can guard Tyreek Hill. Really, nobody has that speed to match him. I mean, just look at Tua's numbers. Again, we're playing the numbers game today. Tua, 28 of 45, 456 yards. He almost topped a Dan Marino record, which is still there, by the way, at 524. But 465 yards, 10 yards in attempt, three touchdowns, one interception. Didn't even get touched once. A QBR of 87.7. And a total rating of 110. Not a perfect rating. That's a 158.3, which makes no Or 153.8, which makes no sense. But whatever. And as far as the run game goes, Miami didn't do anything. Ran the ball 20 times for 70 yards. 20 times for 70 yards. That basically is... That offense is Tua or bust, and if Tua gets knocked one more time, then the Dolphins are going to be in trouble again. But, again, same scenarios again. Same scenarios. Just go to the season preview and then watch Sunday's games again, which you can do on YouTube TV through the condensed replay stuff. Just watch those again, like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you'll see what I'm seeing. I hope. Eagles flexing their muscles early, had to hold on late. The Rams winning 30-13. I still believe the Rams will probably be uh, either third or fourth in that NFC West. I think Seattle just had a blip. They will have a drop off, but they're not going to win that division. That's San Francisco's division to lose. And then the Bears and the Packers. You know what? I just want to have fun with this. You know, since we're playing the stat game today, yeah, and I got time for this. Let's just do the stat game today. Jordan Love, actually a pretty solid day. 15 and 27, 245 total yards. Only got sacked runs and a QBR rating of 73.4. Meanwhile, Justin Fields, right, the dude who the Bears traded the number one pick. We all saw the videos of all those fans in Soldier Field celebrating when the Bears got the number one pick. And then if we all remember that summer or remember that spring, the week of the conference tournaments when the bas when basketball was going on and it broke the news that the Bears traded the number one pick away to the Panthers and that pick ended up being Bryce Young. What that told me was the Bears are all in on Justin Fields. They got J.D. Moore in the trade too. But if you look at Justin Fields' numbers, 24-37, 216. An average attempt, average yards per attempt was at 5.6. One touchdown, one interception, got sacked four times. A QBR of 21.7 and a rating of 78.2. All of which means... That was not good, especially when you have a QBR of 21.4. The only one worse was Daniel Jones, and that was just because 
they had to play catch up from the word go. But anyway, for all you Bear fans that still believe in Justin Fields, you've got the Buccaneers on Sunday. And I know I'm wearing a Buccaneer shirt right now here on camera. And I've got a Buccaneer banner right over my left shoulder. But if the Bears are going to have any shot of doing anything this season, Justin Fields has to do much better throwing the ball than he did running. If you look at what he did running, 9 carries, 59 yards. He has to snap out of what he did last year. I know what he did last year was cool. It kept them relevant in the TV world, but after what I saw with that Bucks defense early in the morning, <laughs> Justin Fields is going to have a hard, hard time trying to do that again. So, again, Bears fans, it's deja vu all over again. But anyway, those are my takeaways. Again, going back to Sunday night, if I had to play the overreaction game, not only was I right about the Cowboys, but I think I'll be right about the Niners being in the NFC title game too. Because those were the best two teams in this weekend set of games. The afternoon window, none of it really surprised me. The Chargers do what the Chargers do, which is have all the talent, yet none of the substance to back it up. None of it. I mean, none of it. You had the lead by four, and all the defense had to do was keep two off the field. That was it. Or at least get Tua off the field. Because, yes, Tua's stat numbers look great when you throw for 45 times and you only run for 20. I. It's on Tua. It was simple. Get to Tua Tungavailoa, and none of you did. So, Charger fans, you want me to believe that Herbert's the guy? Fix your defense first. That way Herbert won't have to play in these shootout type games. And maybe the Chargers can actually compete in the AFC West. Because after this week, I still believe that the Chiefs will win the AFC West. I'm not sold on... I love Jimmy G. But I'm not sold on the Raiders as that goes. Deja, again, I might as well title this episode Deja Vu all over again. Because it is for the Broncos. The Broncos, 13 points. I think it was only one touchdown the entire day. One in Denver. I think it was, yeah, one touchdown and then two field goals the rest of the day. That was it. Sean, you got a long way to go, buddy boy. Russell Wilson, again, didn't look that impressive. Is he broken? No. I get it. It's a brand new system. But given what his expectations are, given how much money the Walton family gave him, because remember, they were the owners when that trade was made, or they were in the process of being owners when that trade was made. So that's why I say the Walton family. The Waltons gave his ass that much money to be the guy, and you can give, only throw one touchdown? Really? One and two field goals. You'll lose by three to a team that probably will be in last place. Or you'll be fighting for in last place. I mean, 
you got to be kidding me is for tomorrow, and I'll save that for the Monday night game, whatever happens tonight. But you've got to be kidding me with the Broncos, man. And I'm not a Bronco fan, but, man, the expectations need... I don't know if the expectations are high in Denver, but considering what the considering the hype machine that's up there in Boulder right now with Dion, Denver's got to match it at some point. Okay, I'm gonna wrap through these really quick. I know I'm. Oh yeah, I am running on. I am running on time. I'm under 10 minutes, so let me go ahead do the rapid picks again, my NFL fans. For tonight, I'm going 30 to. I'm going 30-21, Bills over the pa- uh, Bills over the Jets. I almost said Packers. Bills over the Jets tonight, 30-21. to If I had to go projected stat line for Aaron Rodgers, one pick or one touchdown, one pick, his QBR will probably be at about a 78. Josh Allen's will be at a 90. Josh Allen, three touchdowns, 300 yards, one rushing, two throwing. Stephon Diggs will have one of those receiving touchdowns. It's going to be a coming out for Josh Allen as an MVP again. I know that's what opening night was when they faced the Rams a year ago. But, but I really believe Josh Allen will be MVP this time because especially if Travis Kelsey is out for a long time with the Chiefs, we all saw Mahomes is, he can be magic, but he's got to have a little bit of juice behind him in order for it to work. And Travis Kelsey's the guy who makes it work. Josh Allen's the same way with Stephon Diggs. So we'll see what happens tonight. Otherwise, let's go ahead. I'm going to do this rapid fire for tonight as far as the baseball picks go. And then I will see you guys tomorrow. So let's jump to MLB, give you guys the picks, give you guys the updates. Cardinals, Orioles tied at a game, or tied at one right now in the bottom of the second. Nats over the Pirates 2-0, and the Phillies and Braves in game two of a doubleheader. The Phillies are beating the Braves 4-0. Congratulations to the Braves for locking up the first playoff spot in the MLB postseason yesterday, thanks to Ronald Acuna's RBI double or whatever it was. But congratulations to the Braves. You got the, You satisfied that out a little bit. Rangers and Blue Jays, that's your one main pick tonight. Take the Blue Jays to hold on. This is a battle for the final AL wildcard spot. Blue Jays hold that right now over the Texas Rangers. That's a half game apiece right now. I think, actually, no, I take that back. The Mariners hold that, but this is a big one anyway. If the Blue Jays take three out of four, it'll clinch the tiebreaker for the Blue Jays. Whereas the Rangers only need to win two of the four in order to lock up the tiebreaker, which would kind of clear up the playoff picture a little bit in the American League. But Blue Jays, Rangers, take the Blue Jays tonight, two to one. Um, let's see, Braves beat the Phillies in that. Yeah, Braves beat the Phillies in game one of a doubleheader. Uh, let's go for the second game. Go Dodgers. Padres take the Dodgers at home. And then go with the Mariners over the Angels in the third game pick for tonight in baseball. All right, guys. I'm logging off. Let's see. Yep, I need to get this done. 
Thank you for listening and watching the Austin's Audit Podcast. I am your host, Austin Gerke. Peace out. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget you can listen to this show on Podbean. Just search for the Austin's Audit Podcast. You can also listen to this show on Spotify, Google, Apple, if you know the trick, Dreaser, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, and SoundCloud, or anywhere else you get this podcast. You can watch this show on Rumble.com or the Rumble app. You can even watch this show on your screens, on your TV screens, if you have a smart TV or an Apple TV box or an Amazon Fire Stick. But whatever you have to make your TV a little bit smarter, you can download the Rumble app on your TV as well and watch it on there. Once you do, search for the username ADGERKE. That's A-D-G as in girl, E-H-R-K-E. Again, that's A-D-G-E-H-R-K-E. Again, one more time. That is A-D-G-E-H, G as in girl, E-H-R-K-E on Rumble. Please make sure that search is set to channels, not videos. Click subscribe and you'll have every single episode of this lovely show. Like, comment, and share so we can sneak up the algorithms of Rumble and every other one of these platforms. Speaking of platforms, you can also follow the show's Facebook page, which is the Austin's Audit Podcast. The Instagram hashtag, which is hold the same, which holds the same name, which is hashtag the Austin's Audit Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter or sorry, X. You can follow me on X for post-episode interaction at Austin underscore Gerke. Again, that's at Austin underscore Gerke for post-episode interaction on X. And you can follow me personally on Instagram at Austi Spamonti. That's A-U-S-T-I-S-P-A-M-A-N-T-I. Again, that's A-U-S-T-I-S-P-A-M-A-N-T-I on Instagram. With that, I'm logging off. Thank you for listening and watching the Austin's Audit Podcast. I've been your host, Austin Gerke. Peace out, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.